Good morning. Praise the Lord on this Pentecost Sunday. Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord? Let's worship him and give him some praise this morning. Jesus, you are worthy. We're so thankful to be in your house.
Hallelujah. Come on, let's magnify the Lord together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are great, Lord. You are greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's lift our heart heavenward right now and just magnify the Lord together. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we honor you, Lord. We adore you. We exalt you. Not like you, Jesus. Not like you, Jesus. Not like you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands, everyone. Everyone, begin to call upon the name of the Lord together right now. Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you. Hallelujah. Bless your name. Bless your name. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name. Yes, Lord. Why don't you right now just maybe join with somebody close to you, somebody next to you. Let's pray that God strengthens, God touches, God ministers to our hearts, to our lives right now. Jesus is in this place. Jesus is in this place right now. Hallelujah. Come on, pray, pray, pray. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, your strength, your power, your anointing, your spirit come down. Come down right now. Come down right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Strengthen God. Touch God. Make a way where there seems to be no way, Lord. Minister and strengthen right now. Pour out your spirit, Lord. Pour out your spirit, Lord. Pour out your spirit. Now begin to cast our cares upon him. Why don't you begin to just pray and ask the Lord's strength and ask the Lord's blessing. Hallelujah upon this service, upon your needs together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now. Believe in God for your touch. Believe in for your strength. So thankful for your power and your spirit and your anointing that we feel in this house this morning. Thank you for the worship, Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah for moving and touching. God, we lean on you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Praying for every need right now, God, that you just minister in this house. That you just touch every need according to your riches and glory, God. Make a way where there seemeth to be no way. Have your divine way in this place. Let hearts and minds be revived in your spirit. Lord, let every single individual under the sound of my voice right now be refilled and filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit this morning. Let it be so, God. Let it be so. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Why don't we put our hands together and clap to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you turn to a couple people, smile at them, maybe give a fist bump or a high five. Tell somebody you're glad to see them this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So good, so good to be here. Feel the wonderful touch of God in the house. Thank you to this praise team. Doing such a beautiful, beautiful job in leading us into the throne room, into the throne of God. With boldness we enter into the throne. Hallelujah, by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's good to be here. And, and uh, of course, it's Memorial Day weekend as well as kids uh, in, in high school and junior high and grade school got off this past week. So still a wonderful, wonderful time. And we, we thank you for being here. You are in the right place. We're going to dismiss the children to go to the respective classes at this time. Hallelujah. And junior high is supposed to meet this 9 a.m. service this week. And uh, as they're going, and, and if there's any adults that are going, I want to make the announcement. This Thursday night, somebody say this Thursday. Thursday. This Thursday is? First Thursday. First Thursday service is 7.30 this Thursday night. One time a month, guys. One time a month. Make the effort to be here this Thursday night. 
next Sunday. Say next Sunday. Next Sunday morning. It'll be a different time. We do have a guest speaker. Morton Bustard will be with us. So next week, we will not do the 9 a.m. service. That's us right here, right now. So turn to your neighbor and say, no 9 a.m. next week. 11 a.m. There'll be one service. And I know for Friends Day, we, we kind of split the difference in the time and did 10. And, and I thought it was a good idea. A few others thought it was a good idea, but it didn't seem to be uh, uh, that great of an idea if you talk about punctuality and, and people being here on time and different things. So I think just the confusion of, of, of switching too much is, is not a good thing. So we want to try to keep to the schedules that we have and, uh, and move on from there. And as I said at the very beginning of this, the launching into it, we don't have everything figured out. I can, I can say that with humility, that, that we'll make adjustments as we go and, and, and try to get better. But, but I am excited and encouraged by, by the things that have taken place so far and how it has begun. And we know that there'll be ups and downs. We know there'll be good times and, and, and not so good times, such as life. But uh, we move forward with the, with the purpose and the plan of God and the vision that God has, has given us. And, and I'm thankful for faithful people. I'm thankful for faithful people that step up to the plate and serve and, and are faithful to the house of God. And they do uh, what is, you know, you don't do things just because they're expected of you. You do things because you... You love the Lord, and that's what we kind of said last week. You know, we don't do this out of duty. We do this out of delight. We don't serve out of duty. We serve out of delight. It's because that we love him, and we're committed to him, and we've given our lives to him. So when you do it that way, it, it's so much better and so much more fulfilling. If you're, if you're doing it to try to stamp your card or punch the clock or just do your quote-unquote uh, uh, duty, and then it's not near as fulfilling as if you get on and say, you know what, I'm, I'm serving the Lord, I'm serving people, and I'm doing this because this is, gives me fulfillment in God and in my, in my life. So thank you for all those that are faithful and, and, and doing what, what you do. And, and I just want to make a note, 9 a.m. Is, is an earlier time. Man, the worship was so great this morning. If you, if you missed those three songs and those first two and, and that last one, try to get here a little bit earlier because God was definitely moving and strengthening it. And, and it's, it's important for you to be here because uh, our, our presence helps other people. Us being here, Paul and Silas in that jailhouse helped those other prisoners his singing, their singing, their prayers unlocked the doors of everybody, not just their own. Chains fell off of everybody, not just their own. So you are important to the house of God. You're important to the people of God. You're important to me, and you are important to Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. So this Thursday, first Thursday, next Sunday, 11 a.m. only, 11 a.m. only. If you get here at 9, you'll just have a couple hours to pray, and that'll be all right. Somebody say amen, 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 amen. And, and I'm sure the, the teams are going are gonna to enjoy. Uh, you know what? They're going to wake up just like they did this Sunday. The, the, the alarm clock will be set later, but you're going to just automatically wake up and think, oh, man, I, sh I, I could be there right now, and it'd be okay. And uh, it'll be a great time, though, expecting great things on what the Lord will do next week. You want to be here 11 a.m. next week. God is going to touch, minister. You do not want to miss that service. God is going to do great things. Turn to your neighbor and agree with me and say, God's going to do great things. And he is today as well. Today is, anybody know what today is? Pentecost Sunday. Today is Pentecost Sunday, and my title today is Pentecost, what's that? Pentecost, what's that? Because you've heard people say, hey, it's Pentecost, it's Pentecost. What does that mean? And I've talked about it, but sometimes it just don't simply sink in to what it actually is. And, and, and one more time, I just want to thank everybody that's, that's in the house today, and especially those that have served this morning. Why don't we give the difference makers a big old hand? <laughs> Pentecost, what's, what's that? Because truly, that's where... That's where we are today. And same in the scripture. In Acts chapter 2, after the outpouring of the Holy Ghost on that, on that 
a, a day of Pentecost and, and, and the initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost and, and, and everybody gathered. And, and the question from, from so many was, what meaneth this? What is all of this? What is taking place here? Same question in Acts chapter 19 when Paul passing through the upper coast of Ephesus and finding certain disciples there. He asked them, he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And the question or the statement that they come back with is, we have not so much have heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. In other words, we don't even know really what you're talking about. What are you talking about? What meaneth this? What is this? So what's Pentecost? And we'll go deeper here, but it's often associated with what took place in Acts chapter 2 on that day of Pentecost. Uh, the initial outpouring of the Spirit of God. And a lot of folks here today and, and, and all around the world have not received uh, the Holy Spirit. A lot of people think that they have, but if you have not had the external evidence of speaking in other languages or other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance, you have not received the baptism of the the Holy Spirit as is taught in the Bible. A lot of people have heard about it. Some, some have heard uh, others talk about it, but the presentation possibly of it wasn't received well. Or maybe some have seen it on TV and maybe some, maybe some proud individual that had received it was telling them that they, that they needed it. Only the person that was telling them the, the receiver didn't want anything that that person had because obviously it didn't seem to be working on them too well. And then there's a lot of confusion and a lot of things associated with the Holy Spirit that, that simply is not true. So we want to bring clarity, clarity to it here this morning. First of all, the word itself. And King James Version uses Holy Ghost, and I say Holy Ghost a, a, a lot, and I, I say Holy Spirit as well. It, it, it's two different translations in, in the Bible. It's either translated as Spirit, or ghost. It's translated as spirit or ghost. And, and, and there's really not a good English word that translates well for either of them. 800 times in the Bible, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost uh, is used. Both from the Old Testament Hebrew and the New Testament Greek. The Old Testament word uh, from the Hebrew is ruach. Ruach. And the definition of that word is a wind or a breath, the, the, the blast of air. And we talked a little bit about that uh, last week with a breath of fresh air. It's used, uh, that word is, is two verses in the Bible. It's in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, when the Spirit of God moved upon the waters. It's the breath of God, the wind of God. Also, God breathed into man the breath of life, and he became a living soul. Then you go to the Greek, and, and it's the word pneuma. Pneuma is the word that's translated into spirit or, or ghost, and, 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 but it's really not spirit, and it's really not ghost. The definition of, of pneuma would be, would be more accurate to say a current of air or a blast of breath, a strong breeze, kind of like uh, a wind. Jesus talking here in John chapter 6, verse 63, he says, Every time I speak, this is Jesus talking, he says, Every time that I speak, the words I have spoken to you, they are spirit, they are pneuma, they are breath, and they are life. The very words on the pages of your Bible are breath and they are life. Not just stale, not just memorized, not just something you commit to your memory, but it is alive. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. Of course, in the natural wind is is unseen. You you can't really see it. You can't feel it. You you see the effects of it. You see it blowing through trees. You see it blowing through your hair. Uh, but you can't actually see the actual wind. You see the effects that the wind has on other things. And it's the same with the spirit. You don't see the spirit moving in the house or or in people's lives when it does. But you see the effects that the spirit has 
has upon individuals uh, when it moves and breathes and, and, and touches them. It feels good to feel the presence of God blow in. Somebody say amen. Feels good to have that refreshing come upon your soul. John 14 and verse 16 and 17, Jesus speaking. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter. He'll give you an advocate to help you and be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, verse 17, says that the world cannot receive, cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and shall be in you. Jesus there talking about the spirit uh, that he would pray and, and that he would give so on down in chapter 14. He says, I will not leave you comfortless. Uh, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. Uh, I will come unto you. Not a separate entity, not some separate uh, fictional part of something, but it is the very spirit uh, of uh, God, you can come into this house and you can get a refreshing, you can get some wind behind you and God will help you. It's not by might nor yet by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Somebody put your hands together and clap to the Lord. John chapter number 3 and verse number 8, Jesus answered and said, The wind blows where it listeth, and you hear the sound thereof, but you can't tell where it's coming and where it's going. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. You hear the sound, you see the effects, but you don't know where it's coming from, and you don't know where it is going. You have to be careful, folks, not to believe only what your mind has experienced or what your mind understands about how God works. We need God to do what he wants to do, how he wants to do it. Not my will, but thy will. Not my way, but your way. Your word, help us to follow after you. It's not programs that change people. We like programs. We like the quote-unquote country club type feel where things are for us. But it's not the programs that changes people. We need the Holy Spirit to do a work in individuals' lives. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Listen, you're facing things that human power cannot fix. We need the power of God to sweep in. We need the power of God to touch us today. There are some today that it's mission critical in your relationships Mission critical on your job, with your kids, with your health, with your emotions, uh, and with your walk with God. That you get some fresh air that God blows into your situation. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10, I hath not seen, neither hath ear heard, neither hath it entered in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them to us by his spirit. Anyone that says stay away from that Holy Ghost is really truthfully saying stay away from God. Stay away from God because it is the very spirit of God. God is the spirit. No man hath seen him at any time. The spirit of God is God himself. So then what's Pentecost? What's Pentecost? What exactly does that mean? Pentecost, uh, uh, literally, it's, a, it's actually a day. It's actually a day that was celebration, celebrated a holiday. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. It's 50 days after the Passover, 50 days after Passover. That's when Pentecost 
is. Uh, it's a day. And, and, and we call people Pentecostal. It's really related to what happened on that day. And that people have experienced the same, self-same experience uh, that they received on the day of Pentecost. This is a Jewish holiday. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 17. Jesus says, I did not come to abolish the law, but rather to fulfill it. You can see Jesus and his plan all through this. The Passover was the first major holiday celebrated by the Jewish people. Community. It was a celebration of bringing them out of bondage, bringing them out of slavery. And then you had the ten plagues and the blood on the doorpost. And when I see the blood, I will pass over. Therefore, the Passover. When I see the blood, I will pass over. And it was an annual holiday to celebrate uh, that day, to remember that uh, day. Take a lamb on that day. 9 a.m., slay that lamb. Uh, uh, slay it. 3 p.m., put it in uh, the oven. Good Friday, Jesus was our Passover lamb. 9 a.m., he was nailed nails went in his hands and in his feet 3 p.m. he went into the tomb his sacrifice doesn't doesn't just move our sins forward it just does not not just do a, a, a temporary thing his sacrifice removes our sins as far as the east is from the west it is a complete work first Corinthians 5, 7 says that Christ is our Passover lamb. Passover represents your forgiveness. And this one is free. It, it is given to you by God, by the work of God. It's not your Bible reading that does it. It's not your praying that does it or your sacrifice that gets it done. It is a gift from God. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says that by grace you are saved through faith. Through your believing, through your accepting, through your applying, the grace of God comes down and saves you. Pente is five. The word itself, that prefix of Pentecost, Pente is five. And then cost is to the tenth power. Or the word simply means 50. 50. What's that 50 days after the Passover, the law comes. After the first Passover, they crossed through the Red Sea and God gave them the law. God wrote his law on the tablets of stone. And when they come, when Moses comes down the mountain and they had, they had built them a calf to worship there, a golden image, a golden calf. And 3,000 people died that day when they worshiped that golden calf. But in Acts 2, the Spirit descended with a loud sound of rushing mighty wind. He did not write his laws on stone, but rather on the fleshly tablets of a man's heart. 3,000 didn't die, but rather received this wonderful experience of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Somebody put your hands together. Pentecost isn't about wild services uh, and not about crazy. The enemy has packaged it that way to distract people from the purpose. Uh, it's for power so that you can make a difference. Uh, it's to empower the church uh, to be able to do something that we can't do on our own. We need the Spirit of God. So you had Passover, and then you had Pentecost, and then another, uh, the, the third holiday that they celebrated was the, the, the Feast of the Tabernacles. It was a holiday in the fall time, around uh, harvest time. It was a time to celebrate their wandering in the desert. Uh, tabernacle, a portable house or tent uh, uh, for us, temporary homes. Uh, they celebrated the wandering, uh, the wandering or Temporary living in the tents until they were brought into their final home, which is in the promised land, and celebrated 
during the harvest. Uh, how is this fulfilled? How is uh, tabernacles fulfilled? We are living uh, in the temporary, temporary body, temporary earth. Uh, all this will pass away. Paul said we're aliens uh, and strangers, uh, pilgrims just passing through and we're ultimately going to be brought uh, to our final destination. Our final destination is not the church uh, down here on earth. Uh, our final destination is heaven. Heaven, that's our final destination. And one day that's going to happen. And before that happens, there'll be a final harvest, a final inbringing of people, people getting saved, people getting filled, people getting transformed, changed, and redeemed. Right before Jesus Christ comes back for his church. You say, is God coming back? Yes, indeed. It could be very soon. I'm not trying to scare anybody. Just trying to prepare everybody. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17 talks about when the last trump of God sounds and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds to meet him in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So tabernacles is the second coming of Jesus Christ. These three major holidays because there's three major things you need to know about in your life as a believer. The cross, the assignment on us. It all begins at the cross. It all begins with the blood of Jesus that was shed for you and the sacrifice and repentance and remission of sins there. Then the assignment for us and it's too big for you and I to pull off on our own. We need the power of God for the sake of the mission so that we can ultimately experience the tabernacles so we can, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these, with these words. Now, most people understand at some point the cross. They understand at some point what, what took place at the cross. And, and though it seems far out to, to some and, and, and far out to our carnal mind, but, 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 but often we understand the concept of, of heaven. But most people don't understand the right here and the right now. And it was the same in Acts 2. People were amazed and perplexed, uh, scratching their heads and asking questions. Uh, what meaneth this? Because Pentecost was about the giving of the law. Some people are still following the laws written on the outside. You love God and you're trying to do it, but you don't want to do it. It's contrary to your flesh. And you're battling your flesh constantly. And when you're filled with the Spirit, He begins to write the law on you. So you don't have to necessarily obey it. You become it. You become it. Your desires begin to change. Romans 8 and 9 says, You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. So what is it going to do for me? Number one, it's going to help me to live right. It's going to help me to live righteous. It's going to give me the power to live right not obeying a set of commands those commandments become a part of who I am and I want to do it rather than I have to do it and that's a whole lot easier than having to work for it I'm thankful for the spirit of God I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit it's so much easier to serve God out of the I want to rather than I have to in fact Jesus said that he the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. It's, hey, don't do this, do this. It's talking to you. It's guiding you. It's nudging you into the right direction. The Holy Spirit will even help you to make decisions. 
You got decisions and, and you make decisions in your life that, that may not even seem logical, but the Spirit knows the end from the beginning. It knows everything. And you listen. Listen to what the Spirit says. Thus saith the Lord. Listen to the leading of God in your life. Isaiah 30 and 21 says, Whether you turn to the right or turn to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk thou in it. I've made decisions in my life uh, that when you put them down on paper, you'd say, yes, uh, yes, uh, yes, uh, yes, on this side. Uh, and then on the other side, it's, uh, it's an unknown. Uh, I don't really know. Uh, I don't know how that's going to turn out. Uh, I don't know how this would be. Uh, and it didn't make sense. Uh, it didn't add up. Uh, prayed and fasted. And even though this side looked better, the Spirit of the Lord led to this side. And it wasn't logical and, and it didn't make any sense. But God knows the end from the beginning. Fasting shuts out the other voices and makes you more sensitive to the voice of God. And the Lord said, it's the I don't know side. But God knows all. We may not know all. And it may look a, a little funny and the wrong decision at first. But God knows the end from the beginning. So follow after him it gives you the power to live right the second thing the spirit does is it empowers me to live supernaturally not after the natural not after my own logic not after my own reasoning help yourself in this life if you want to live naturally but Jesus lived supernaturally it doesn't have to be goofy it doesn't have to be spooky it doesn't have to be man-made or orchestrated to the miracles of God to sweep through this house and to touch every single individual in here God can do that God can minister God can blow into this place and touch and change every single one I don't just want to be good at what we do. I want us all in all we do to strive for excellence. Get better, yes. But in saying all that, 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and 5 says, My message, Apostle Paul speaking here, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith may not rest in the wisdom of man but in the power of God your emotions can be healed your body can be healed your life can be changed you can be free from addiction there's power available in every situation it's our mission to lead you to become a fully devoted follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in doing so, you will make a difference in your community. You'll make a difference right here. You'll make a difference. It'll outlash into the whole world. But ultimately, it'll make a difference in you. Third thing that the Spirit does is it empowers me to live on a mission empowers me to live on a mission we are the church of the living god the body of christ bought by his blood we're not just to help all of us it's not here just for us and and to help us and to have a place to go to church but we exist for the world the church exists for the world we're here to make a difference and to be difference makers to be a light unto a darkened world we are a church that will help you and minister you and care for you and pray for your family and work with your family. Yes, but we're on a mission from God. And God has asked us to do something we're not qualified to do. We don't have what it takes. We need his power to pull it off. We need his spirit. We need his anointing. 1 Thessalonians 1 and 5, our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power. Somebody say power. Also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. God, folks, changes us. 
We don't change individuals. God is the one that changes us. But here's what happens that should never happen. And I'm almost done here. Help me out, Mom. Caitlin. Here's what happens. Pride comes in to some. Pride comes in. And, and suddenly people are like, I've got something that you don't have. Kind of lifts you up. And none of that, folks, has a place here. None of that has a place here. We humble ourselves before God. And pride isn't humble. We humble ourselves before him. Pride is not the right spirit. If you're doing something that is pushing people away, you are outside of God's will and purpose for this church being in existence. The church is here for others. We're here to make a difference. To become a difference maker. And if you're fighting God's purpose, God will take care of it. It's his church. So here's what I want to encourage every individual in the house today. Pursue all that God has for you. Why? Because you can't do it on your own. Here's what I encourage you to pray. To ask God. God, if you have it, then I want it. If it's available, I want it. I want everything that you have available for me to have. Listen, folks, being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. Get this. Being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. It makes me better than me. Some are here right now and you're carrying guilt. You're carrying shame. And if you're carrying it, God's not carrying it. You need to experience the Passover lamb. You need to experience forgiveness. You need to allow Jesus' blood to cover you and forgive you of all of your sins. Some of you need to rededicate your life to God today. Jesus returned. Would you go back with him right now? Are you right with him? Are you in right standing with, with him? And that all begins privately. If you've been listening today and you've never received the Holy Spirit since you believed. You're like a sail with no wind. You're out there rowing and rowing and rowing, but it's in your strength and you're not getting anywhere. If anything, you're just going in circles and circles and circles. You need God's Spirit to empower you. You need that fresh breath of God to blow into your life, into your relationships, into your job, into every situation. So I'm asking you to open up your heart to him this morning. Let God touch your life. Acts 2, 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared in them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues, other languages. How? As the Spirit gave them the utterance or the ability Ability to speak was the Spirit of God doing it. And when God fills you with the Holy Spirit, you will speak in other languages as the Spirit gives you the ability to speak. It's an outward sign of what takes place on the inside. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And Acts 2 and 39 says, For the promise is unto you. And to your children, to those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call, it is for you today. You will be empowered by God. The Spirit is like wind. You can't see it, but you'll see the effects of it. It's powerful. He'll be the wind in your sails today and from today on. Whoever wants it, it's for you. It's for you. Whosoever will. 
let him come. Could we stand on our feet? Let's not move around too much. We're, we're, we're going to make a, an appeal. I, I, would, I would that every single one of us would kind of come and gather around the front as we're standing right now. Could you just move from where you are and come, come and gather around the front here for just a little season of, of worship and a, a refilling and a refreshing from the presence of the Almighty God. If you're new and don't feel comfortable, don't at all feel any pressure to move from where you are. But everybody, I'd want, I want as many as can just to, just to kind of come and gather around the front, gather around the front, gather around the front. And I, I would to God, I would to God that every single one of us would be refreshed and refilled by God's Spirit. I'm going to ask a question. Let's hold off on just a second on this. I'm going to ask you a question. Think about it sincerely sincerely and answer to yourself you don't have to you don't have to answer to me or anybody else when is the last time you spake in tongues as the spirit gave you the utterance when is the last time for some maybe you've never received it and this could be the very first time for those that that it's been a long time this is your day for a refreshing this is your day for Nobody's going to do anything to you. Nobody's going to come and shake you or spit in your ear or in your hair or anything like that. It's a work of God. Somebody say amen. I could tell stories, but I need to, I need to keep going. So when God pours out his spirit, it is a God thing. So there's maybe folks here in this house right now that have never received the Holy Ghost. Maybe some that have maybe fallen away and you need renewal. That's all here. We're not, we're not making you raise your hand. We're not calling you out. We're not singling anybody out. So here we are today. And, and, and the one thing that, that hinders the move of God's spirit, the one thing that hinders the move of God's, uh, of God's spirit is sin. So we can take care of that from, from, from the blood of Jesus Christ and repentance and, and just asking for forgiveness. God forgives us. Somebody say, God